morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we are looking in the book of St. Luke chapter number 19. The book of St. Luke chapter number 19. We're going to begin reading with verse number 1. We're going to read down and include verse number 10. Very familiar passage of scripture. I think it's kind of funny when the preacher says that because you know what? It ought all be very familiar to us. Amen. Yeah, but some are much more familiar than others. And probably the reason for that is because of us preachers, because we preach on certain things more than others. So anyway, but in the book of St. Luke, chapter 19, began reading with verse 1. The Bible says that then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was. But could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. When they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to, a, to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, look, Lord, I, have, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. I mean, no, when you get a man's wallet saved, he is saved. Amen. (laughs) Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I'm using for my subject today, when Jesus passes through. When Jesus passes through. Father, I thank you for the incredible opportunity of being in this house today. God, I thank you for the word of God that is a lamp unto my feet. It is a light unto my path. Oh, sweet Jesus, I just ask today that you will honor your word today and that you indeed will pass through this place today and that every need in this house will be met. All for the glory of God. We ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said praise the Lord. Well, you may all be reseated this morning. Well, as I've already said, we all should be very familiar with the story of Zacchaeus, a tax collector who sought to see Jesus. I mean, we've heard the story since we were just children in Sunday school and children's church. How many remember singing the little song in children's church, Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. he Climbed up in a sycamore tree, the Savior for to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down from there for I'm going to your house for tea. I'm going to your house for tea. Now, when my, little, when my son was just a little bitty boy, he would sing that, but he wouldn't sing the last of the verse, or he wouldn't sing the last of that correctly. He would sing, I'm going to your house for lemonade. We said, son, the song is tea. He said, but I don't like tea. Well, we all know this story. We, we know this story as well as any story, perhaps, in all of the Bible. But hopefully today I can point out some things that we don't ordinarily think of when we read this story. And if not, perhaps a reminder of some things we already know but have neglected will be in order. You see, that's the way it usually is. It's not the fact that the preacher is always telling us something that we don't know or something that we've never heard before, but so often it is things that we know, and yet we have failed miserably in those areas to put in practice what we know. So five things in this story that I want us to notice today. The first thing that I notice in this story is the presence. The presence. Verse number one, the Bible said that Jesus entered, notice, and passed through Jericho. You see, at this particular time in history, Jesus limited his presence to a physical body. 
When he walked upon this earth, he walked in human form, and so he limited himself to the limitations of a human body. The, the, the limitations that you have as a human are the same limitations that Jesus limited himself to when he was walking uh, on this earth. Therefore, he could only be in one place at a time. But understand that before this and after this, before and after his human experience, Jesus was and is omnipresent. Now, omnipresent means that he is not limited to time or space. It simply means that he is everywhere at the same time. The Bible tells us in the book of the Psalms, 139, begin reading with verse 7. The Bible says, and the psalmist says, where can I go from your spirit? And where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. But let me say this this morning. Although Jesus is omnipresent today, or he is everywhere at the same time, yet he does not reveal his presence. He does not manifest his presence everywhere at the same time. Jacob, remember when he had the dream and he saw the ladder that went from, from earth into heaven and he saw the angels ascending and descending upon the, upon the ladder. Remember that story? And the Bible says that when Jacob, when he woke up, he said, oh my goodness, he said, I'm paraphrasing it, but he said, oh my goodness, he said, is this not the presence of the Lord? And I didn't even realize it. See, even though the fact that Jesus is omnipresent, even the fact that he is everywhere at the same time, yet he does not reveal himself, he does not manifest himself everywhere at the same time. Some of you this morning will have a real encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, and some of you won't even get close to Jesus. You have sat through the same service, you have heard the same songs, you have heard the same sermon, you've been a part of the same fellowship, and yet many of you will, will go out and say, oh, the glory of God was in the house today. Oh, oh, the Spirit of God was so rich and real. Oh, Jesus was so real to me this morning. And others will go out totally and completely unaffected. Because they did not allow Jesus to reveal himself to them. May I say this morning that, that there is absolutely nothing in all of the world that compares to the presence of God. Friend, when Jesus shows up, when Jesus reveals his presence, oh, oh, to feel the spirit of the living God. Friend, there's just absolutely nothing in all of the world like the presence of Jesus. I love. The presence of God. I reminded of years ago now, in another church, in another state that we pastored. One Sunday, oh, the presence of the Lord showed up in a way that we had not experienced. I was just a young, inexperienced pastor. And I'll never forget as the glory of God, the, the, the manifest presence of the Lord was so real in that place that day. And I'll never forget it was much later than normal. I'll never forget going to the pulpit Telling the people, wow, it's been an incredible day today in the presence of God. The glory of God has been so real today. Oh, you're dismissed. You may go. I turned to walk down off the platform to go to shake hands with the people, and I noticed nobody was leaving. 
I thought, well, I wasn't clear. They didn't hear me. The man of God has dismissed the service. <laughs> I went back to the pulpit and I said, folks, what a grand day we've had today in the presence of God. So glorious. So wonderful. Just want to make know that want you to know, make it clear. Service is dismissed. You may go home. Nobody moved. Nobody left. I'm young. I'm dumb. I'm ignorant. You may be dismissed. Nobody left. Nobody left. And I'm pretty slow, but duh, I finally got it. I said, I'm sorry, Lord. I didn't start this, so I'm sure not going to stop it. And I didn't say another word. And it's been years now, so I don't remember how long. But oh, for a long time, for that group, because that group, the reason why I dismissed three times, because that group, they wanted out at 12. <laughs> Stay, preach as long as you want to, preacher, but at noon we're leaving. That was the, what they said. But when the presence of the Lord showed up, there's just nothing in all of the world like the presence of Jesus. The second thing that I, I see in this story is found in verse 2, and that's the person. The Bible said that there was a man named Zacchaeus who was the chief tax collector. Now, people who work for the IRS are not usually the most popular people. And such was the case with Zacchaeus. There was no doubt more than one reason why he was sitting in a sycamore tree when Jesus passed through. Yes, I understand that he was a short man. Yes, I understand because of his stature he could not see above the crowd. But I believe that perhaps there was another reason why that he was up in that tree. And perhaps he was also hiding in, uh, in the tree, hiding from the crowd for fear of the crowd because they hated him and looked upon him with disgust. But I want you to notice who Jesus revealed himself to. I want you to notice who Jesus was drawn to. I want you to notice it was not the scribes and the Pharisees. And it was not the self-righteous saints. And it was not the religious leaders. And it was not the crowd. The Bible says that Jesus left the crowd and went after one single person. And that particular person was a man that the crowd avoided. It was a particular person that the crowd stayed away from. But he was the very one that Jesus was drawn to. Now, today, man tries to draw a crowd. It's all about the crowd today. It's all about being bigger and better and whatever. It's all, and man is all about drawing the crowd. But Jesus is all about seeking out a person. And the people that Jesus seeks out are often the very people that man tries to avoid. People like Zacchaeus, whose occupation was famous for cheating the people. They would, they would assess the taxes and then they would add excess. And they were allowed to add ex excess for their livelihood, but most of them would, would be excessive in, in adding. Uh, and they would become rich by cheating the people. So they didn't have a very good reputation and people didn't like to be around them. Therefore, they didn't like to be around the people either. Zacchaeus had an unpopular position. But Jesus, these are the people that Jesus often is drawn to. People like Mary Magdalene, whose, whose morality was flawed. People like Peter, James, and John, who were fishermen. Now you got to understand, fishermen in that day, fishermen were a rough bunch of people. They were rough around the edges. They, they were a rough bunch. They were known to be crude. They were known to be vulgar. 
Maybe you're here this morning and you think that you are unworthy of Jesus. You think that you have been too wicked. You think that you have been too sinful. You think that you have been too vile. You think that Jesus, there's no way that Jesus could receive you. No way that Jesus would accept you. But the truth of the matter is today, you are who He is looking for. You are the very one that He died on the cross for. I believe that one of the reasons why Jesus left the crowd and went home with one man is because this man had a greater desire to see Jesus than anybody else. And the fact is, this morning Jesus is always looking for that person who has a desire to be with him. If you have a sincere desire to see Jesus here today, Jesus will meet with you. I said, if you have a a sincere desire this morning, if you want to have communion and fellowship, if you want to have an encounter with Jesus today, if you have a real desire to see and know uh, and fellowship with Jesus today, I'm going to tell you this morning, you do not have to leave here today without an encounter. Jesus is going to pass through this house today and you can have an encounter with him if you have a desire so. You see, it doesn't matter what the style of worship is. Well, I just can't worship with that new style. Well, shame on you. I just can't worship with that old hokey style. Well, shame on you. Shouldn't be about the style of the music. Shouldn't be about the style of the church. Amen. It doesn't matter how good or how bad the worship is. Doesn't matter how good or how bad the sermon is. What matters is, if you have an encounter with Jesus, what matters is, is your desire. If you have a desire to see Jesus, if you have a desire for an encounter with Jesus, if you have a desire to have, spend time with Jesus, amen. The Bible said you will seek Him and you will find Him when you sought Him with all of your heart. So it's not whether or not you like the style or not. It's not whether or not you like the preacher or not. It's not about any of these things. It's about your desire. Your desire to see Jesus. Your desire to know Jesus. Your desire to have a real encounter with Jesus. Third thing that I see here is the pursuit. Found in verse 3 says that he sought to see who Jesus was. No doubt in my mind that Zacchaeus had heard many stories about Jesus. How Jesus had opened the eyes of the blind, how he had unstopped the deaf ears, how he had made the cripple to walk, how he had even raised the dead. So Zacchaeus pursued Jesus. I don't know how you see it, and you can correct it next time you preach. But in my mind, this was probably not the first time Zacchaeus tried to see Jesus. Perhaps on other occasions he tried to get a glimpse of him, but because of the crowd and because of his short stature, he could not. And so he pursued Jesus. Let me ask you the question this morning, and the question is, what are you pursuing? question is, are you pursuing Jesus? Or are you not pursuing Jesus because you're too busy pursuing some relationship? You have convinced yourself that you cannot be happy without a relationship. You think you've got to have a boyfriend. You think you've got to have a girlfriend. You think you've got to have to have a husband or a wife. And you're so caught up in pursuing a relationship that you have no time to pursue Jesus. Are you pursuing Jesus or are you too busy pursuing a career? Are you pursuing Jesus or are you pursuing sports or entertainment or recreation? Now let me say this morning, please don't misunderstand me this morning. There's nothing wrong with a relationship, nothing wrong with a career, nothing wrong with sports, nothing wrong with entertainment, nothing wrong with recreation in and of themselves. But I'm going to tell you that oftentimes, oftentimes we get so busy in our pursuit of all of these things that we have no time to pursue Jesus. And may I suggest this morning that your obsession with and your pursuit of Happiness in anyone or anything other than Jesus will result in a feeling of emptiness and disappointment. Write this down this morning. 
everything, everything, say everything, everything, everything minus Jesus equals nothing. Nothing plus Jesus equals everything. The Bible says that Zacchaeus was rich. Said that in verse number 2. But evidently riches did not satisfy Zacchaeus because he's still searching. Perhaps there was a time in his life he thought, if oh, if only I could get this position. Oh, if only I could get these possessions. Well, he's got the position, he's got the possessions. But evidently the positions and the possession are not satisfying him because he is still searching. But when Jesus came into his life, suddenly his riches didn't mean all that much to him at all. Verse 8, Zacchaeus said, Lord, I give half of my money to the poor. He's rich. And he's given half of his wealth away. And he said, if I have cheated anybody, he said, I'm going to restore them fourfold. Perhaps you're here this morning and you have been in hot pursuit of all the wrong things. And you have sought happiness in so many things, but have always come up empty. Oh, every time you reach the top of a ladder you, that you have climbed, oh, you discover that it is leaning against the wrong wall. And maybe you're here this morning and you have listened to the devil's lie. Oh, pursue this, he says. Pursue that or pursue something else, he says. And yet at the end of your pursuit, always, it always leaves you empty and lonely and sick inside your soul. No doubt Zacchaeus felt this way. But verse 6 says that, that, that his encounter with Jesus brought joy to his life. Oh, what his position could not bring to his life. Oh, what his possessions could not bring to his life. But oh, his encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, the joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. The joy that he had been looking for and searching for and wanting all of his life. He couldn't find it in anything else but his encounter with Jesus. The Bible says that he received joy. May I say that no one has a genuine experience or encounter with Jesus, but what? It is accompanied by joy. The fourth thing that I find in this little story is I see the the problem. And the problem is found in verse 3. The Bible says that he sought to see who Jesus was, but he could not. He could not. Because of the crowd. The problem. The crowd. Notice people stood in his way. He couldn't see Jesus because of the people. The people blocked his view of Jesus. I wonder... Who it is that would come to Jesus if I wasn't blocking their view of him? I wonder who it is that cannot see Jesus because of me. I wonder how many preacher's kids cannot see Jesus. They cannot get to Jesus. They will not serve Jesus because their father, the pastor, did not live at home when he preached at the church. I wonder how many deacons' kids, Sunday school teachers' kids, impact girls' teachers' kids, Royal Rangers' leaders' kids, Youth sponsors, worship team members, kids. But they cannot see Jesus because of their hypocritical parents who are one way at church and another way, another way at home. 
The truth of the matter is this morning, oh, the only way that people are going to see Jesus, oh, is if they see Jesus in us. And if people cannot see Jesus in us, then we are standing in their way. They can't see or get to Jesus because of us. Now, my intention today is not to heap guilt and condemnation on you this morning. But it is to warn you and it is to encourage you to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. Because people are watching you. Oh, your family is watching you. Your friends are watching you. Your neighbors are watching you. Your co-workers are watching you. Romans 14 and 13 says, Let us resolve to never be a stumbling block or a reason for our brother to fall. Some time ago, a man in this church walked up to me and said, I just want you to know that I've been watching you. I thought, oh no. What have I done? What have I said? What is he going to nail me to the wall about? I mean, I'm ready to get nailed to the wall. He went on. He said, I've been watching you. He said, I just want to thank you for living out what you preach and what you teach. Got past that one. Talk about the problem. Zacchaeus had a problem. He wanted to see Jesus, but he couldn't see Jesus because of the crowd. Oh, the people blocked his view of Jesus. He couldn't see Jesus oh, because of the people. I want to tell you that there are people in our world today, they want, they want to see Jesus. They may or may not know it's Jesus that they want, but they want to see Jesus. They have a desire for what Jesus can do in and through their life, but they can't see Jesus because of us. Oh, let it not be said of us. I couldn't see Jesus because of you. I couldn't get to Jesus because of you. And the flip side of this this morning is, oh, our prayer should be, may people see Jesus in my life. Oh, may they see Him in the way that I walk. May they see Him in the way that I talk. And may they see Jesus in the way that I do my business. Oh, and may they see Him in my love. And may they see Him in my compassion. Oh, may they see Him in my sweet and kind and gentle spirit. Oh, may they see Him oh, oh, in my non-judgmental attitude. May they see him in the way that I respect authority. May they see him in the way that I treat the waitress or the waiter or the common laborer. Satan's job is to hide Jesus from those who are pursuing him. And he uses people as a part of the process. The fifth thing that I see in this little story of Zacchaeus is the plan. The plan. Verse 4, the Bible says, so he ran ahead. The plan. He ran ahead. And he climbed up into a sycamore tree in order to see him, for he was going to be passing by there. Again, you can preach it the way you want to and it's your turn to preach, but it's my turn this morning. And it just seems to me that Zacchaeus must have planned his encounter with Jesus. Perhaps, I don't know, doesn't say, but perhaps he studied the pattern and the habits of Jesus. And he discovered that Jesus often passed through Jericho. And perhaps, I don't know, but perhaps he scouted out the Jericho Road. And in his scouting of the Jericho Road, he saw the sycamore tree. And he said to himself, Ah, next time I hear about Jesus coming through here, I'm going to shinny up that sycamore tree. How many ever shinnied up a tree before? <laughs> At least you're listening, hon. 
One of our little teenagers is laughing at me. At least she's listening. That's an Oklahoma word, isn't it? Shinny? Is that a Texas word? Is that just a word? How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you do. Uh, the second crowd may not. Yeah. They got so much to learn. But he saw that and he spotted it. He said, next time I hear Jesus come through here, before he gets here, I'm going to run. I'm going to climb up that sycamore tree, shinny up the tree. I'll be high above the crowd. I might be short, but I ain't, I'm not dumb. And sure enough, one day Jesus, he heard Jesus going to be passing through. So, so Zacchaeus runs ahead of him and he climbs up into that sycamore tree. And when Jesus walks by, Zacchaeus has a front row seat. The title of my message today is when Jesus passes through. Oh, I have some good news for you this morning. And the good news today is that Jesus still passes through today. Oh, the good news is this morning you can still have an encounter with Jesus today. This morning, this very day. And just like it was with Zacchaeus, you can plan your encounter with Jesus. Well, maybe you are wondering, Pastor, where will I find Jesus today? I'm going to suggest three places and then we're finished this morning. First of all, you'll find him in his house. You'll find Jesus in his house. Oh, I want to tell you this morning that Jesus is in his house today. Oh, maybe you came here this morning and you were sick in body. I want to know, I want you to know today that Jesus is in his house today. And Jesus is the healer. There is a healer in the house. And I believe that the healer, the Lord Jesus Christ, is going to pass through today. And if you'll just be like the woman with the issue of blood, and you'll just reach out and touch the hem of the Lord's garment when he passes through, I believe that he can heal you today. Maybe you're here this morning and you have sin in your life. Oh, the good news is Jesus is in the house today. And Jesus is the Savior. And now if you'll only cry out to Him today, the Savior who is passing through today will hear your cry and He will save you today. Maybe you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. The good news is, oh, Jesus is in the house and Jesus is the baptizer and Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit today. Maybe you're here this morning and you are bound. You're bound by sin this morning. It might be pornography. Oh, it might be alcohol. It might be drugs. It might be nicotine. I don't know what it is this morning, but the good news is today, Jesus is passing through His house today. And Jesus is the deliverer today. And Jesus will deliver you and set you free today. Where would I find Jesus? You'll find Him in His house. And you'll find Him in His Word. Oh, you'll find him in his word. Did you know you can have an encounter with Jesus every single day? By simply opening his book and reading and meditating on his word. And some of you don't know this, but you don't have to look in the New Testament to find Jesus. I will tell you that you can find Jesus in a type or a shadow in every book of the Bible. If you have a desire this morning to have an encounter with Jesus, if you want Jesus to pass through your life, all you have to do is open his book. Amen. Where am I going to find him? I'm going to find him in his house. I'm going to find him in his word. And I'm going to find him in prayer and in praise. Friend, praise is the doorway into his presence. If we could get the worship team ready, please. Get them informed, please. I'm a little early this morning. Praise is the doorway into His presence. The Bible says, enter into His gates with thanksgiving and enter into His courts with praise. The title of my message today is When Jesus Passes Through. I believe that Jesus is passing through this place today. Not everybody is going to see him. Not everyone is going to encounter him. But those like Zacchaeus who have a sincere desire for an encounter with him. They indeed 
can have an encounter with Jesus. And remember, the proof of desire is pursuit. The proof of desire is pursuit. Will you prove your desire by pursuing Him today? Would you stand with me? Everyone standing in this room, nobody leaving. We're not finished. We're early this morning. We've got plenty of time. I believe with all of my heart that Jesus is passing through this place today. It was two years ago at General Council in Phoenix when God spoke to me so clearly. Call your church the grace place. I didn't know what all that meant. We processed it. Later the Lord spoke to me and He said, caring people, caring for people. Put those two together and my process believed it was God telling us to call our, call our church the grace place and our vision statement to be caring people, caring for people. I said that to say this. This past Tuesday, I got on a plane to go to Orlando to general council again. And I remembered two years before when God spoke to me at general council. And it wasn't general council. And I, it wasn't general council because it was in my hotel room when God spoke to me, okay? So it wasn't general council. What it was was I was alone with God. He had my undivided attention. And so I just sat there on the plane. I just started thinking, wow, maybe God's going <laughs> to... You know, I've been so busy with that building and here I am sitting on this airplane. I'm going to be, my wife didn't go with me to general council. My son went with someone else, so he wasn't in my room. So all I had was me. So, well, this, maybe God will speak to me again this year. And I can't tell you that God gave me anything as clear as that. But I had picked up a book that my wife had thrown in the trash. It was a book that somebody sent all the AG preachers. And for whatever reason, she put it in the trash. I needed something to read on a plane. I had something, but I thought, well, you know, it's better to have two or three. Cause... So I just picked up that book and put it in my briefcase and took it with me. So I began to read that book. It don't happen to me very often reading books. I read a lot of books, but that's not... But so I was reading that book. And it wasn't the book, it wasn't the author. It was the content of that book. And something just started boiling. Something boiling on the inside of me. You, you can think whatever you want to think. Well, Pastor, sure, he got his way, he got his name, he got his church, he got his this, he got his that, he got that. I know how some church people think. I've been around a long time. You can think whatever you want to think. I'm telling you something. God's up to something. God up to something and you know an old geezer like me it's been in it for 40 years seen it all read it all heard it all been disappointed with most of it because it didn't do what everybody said it'd do you know, it takes a 4 by 4 knocked upside a guy's head like me 
I'm just telling you. God is up to something. I, I don't think my wife and I have been praying for 12 years now. Almost every day. God, make our latter years greater than our former years. Now, I'm not taking all the credit for it, so don't think that either. But I'm just telling you, God is up to something. And you can be a part of it or not be a part of it, and it's going to be up to you. It's going to be up to your desire. The big old crowd of people, but Jesus went home with one man. Because of the desire in the heart of that man. When Jesus passes through, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Jesus is going to pass through here today. And I believe it's just the beginning. It's not that he's not been here before. But I believe with all my heart in the weeks and months and years ahead that Jesus is going to pass through us and pass through our place like he has never passed through before. And he's going to reveal himself and manifest himself in a way he's never done it in my ministry like that before. Never done it in your church before the way he's going to do it. Amen? Amen? This morning, if you have a desire to have an encounter with Jesus, you have a desire this morning to have a real encounter with Jesus, will you be like Zacchaeus? Will you step away from the crowd? And will you pursue Jesus? The altar is open this morning right now. If you have a desire to have an encounter with Jesus, step out where you're at. Come to this altar this morning and begin to pursue Him. He's looking for a people who have a desire to spend time in His presence. He's looking for a people who are willing to pursue Him like they've never pursued Him ever before. Begin to pursue Him this morning. Begin to pursuing Jesus. I believe with all of my heart Jesus is in His house today. I believe that Jesus is passing through His house today. Oh, would you reach out as the woman did with the issue of blood? Will you reach out in faith this morning? Oh, will you touch the very hem of His garment this morning? Will you, will you seek Him out today? Oh, you will seek me and find me when you seek for me with all of your heart. That's what the Word of the Lord says. Will you pursue him. Oh, where's your passion this morning? Where's your desire? Will you go after Jesus? Will you go after him this morning? I'm not going to be a cheerleader this morning. I'm not going to try and ramp something up and hype something up this morning. But I'm telling you this morning, if you will passionately pursue Jesus, and your passion is different than my passion. Your personality is different. I understand all of that. 
But if you'll go after Him this morning, if you'll go after Him this morning, if you will passionately pursue Jesus, Jesus is passing through this morning. And you can have an encounter with Him if you want. But it's up to you this morning. It's not up to me. It's not up to this worship team. It's up to you. It's up to what's in your heart. It's up to your desire. Bye.
throughout the week I know we live busy lives and I know that we have everything in the world tugging on us that's the reason why we need to carve out some time for the Lord every single day even if it's only 15 minutes for some of you 5 minutes would be 5 minutes more than you've ever spent with him before it wasn't Sunday start small begin to move a little bit more and a little more and a little more encourage you to start coming to church with an anticipation of meeting with Jesus. No matter whether they sing your favorite song or not, whether the preacher rings the bell in your heart or not. Not about that. It's about what's in your heart. It's about your desire to have an encounter with Him. I believe He's passed through this way today and I believe many have had an encounter with the Lord. Just a moment, I'm going to dismiss you, but Pastor Steve's on vacation, so he's not here to pray and let me get out front. So I'm going to ask you if you'll let me have just about 15 seconds to get out ahead of you, because I want to shake your hand before you leave this morning, if at all possible. If you're a guest, please go by the Welcome Center. Give us the information that we've asked for there. Love you so much. God bless you. 15 seconds. 15 seconds.